listening to The Sacristy, a podcast where we seek to learn, discuss, and exult in the faith delivered once for all to the saints, as it has been passed down in the Anglican tradition. I'm Father Matthew Ainsley, the vicar of All Souls Episcopal Church, a church plant in Horizon West, Florida. And I'm joined by my top-notch co-host, Father David Bumstead, the rector of Emmanuel Episcopal Church in the Audubon Park neighborhood of Orlando, Florida. We're real priests with real jobs and real churches, and service times are in our bio. We'd love for you to join us for worship if you're ever in town with us. And you probably will be since it's the most visited (laughs) city in the world, most years. And uh, and, And awesome. And awesome. Yeah, we love Orlando. And what now is like the most church visiting time, right? Yes. During During the Christmas, Advent, Christmas season. Yeah. Well, speaking of, uh, well, mm. what's been going on with your life, Father, as we get ready for Christmas? Planting a church. <laughs> we had this past Sunday at All Souls a phenomenal uh. guest preacher and deacon of the Mass. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm a darn good deacon of the Mass. Yeah, you, you crushed it. I'm, of course, talking about my co-host, the very Reverend David S. Bumstead. Yes, hello. Uh, it was so good to be at All Souls. What a pleasure. Uh, we were talking over at lunch just how warm his uh, people are and how amazing the space. He, he, he meets in a school. The church meets in a school, and they take the entryway and uh, into this cafeteria and turn it from, you know, what by all accounts is a sort of basic-looking school. And it really does feel like a church when you go in. It's, it's awesome. So if you're ever out in the hinterlands of orlando but in the in the um what do you want to say if you're ever near magic kingdom i was gonna say yeah if you're close to if you're close to disney if you've ever been on space mountain as the crow flies that's probably (laughs) two miles from where we meet we were driving up and it was weird to drive by the disney back gate to come to your parish to worship which is pretty crazy that's pretty crazy, and it's really cool that I get to count everyone in Magic Kingdom as an honorary member. Yeah, because it's in the parish bounds, so... Of course. Might as well. Yeah, it was great to have you. The only weird thing was that while I was saying Mass, he had a copy of Ritual Notes <laughs> up there at the altar, and he was telling me everything that I was doing wrong. So that was a little weird, but besides that, it was great having you. <laughs> so many if you're not a nerd that's a book that talks about how to say mass and how to do basically any liturgy no father matt was a tremendous custodian of the the tradition (laughs) very well said mass what about you you're getting ready for a bunch of services coming up yeah sure um well, and that's as good a time as any to, to mention our, our Christmas schedules for folks who are listening and around and want to come see us. Um, yeah, at our own parish, uh, this Sunday really does kind of launch us into a, a chain of services. Uh, on Sunday, we have a, this practice of doing our Advent lessons and carols on the fourth Sunday of Advent, but we do it in the morning at 1015. It's our pro anaphora or our, uh, our liturgy of the word, and then we, we say the canon after that. Uh, and that's a gorgeous service. We uh, we have you know some really wonderful musicians come out. I adore that morning, especially because um, it's kind of a break because I get to look important, say the mass, but I don't necessarily have to preach. Um, Let the service do the preaching for you. Yeah, oh, the lessons definitely do my work. It's great. 
um, if nothing else, than just to hear uh, the gospel according to John, the, the prologue, which we'll get to later, in fact. And then uh, on the 23rd of December, we're uh, trying something new here at Emmanuel. We're having uh, what we're calling a, um, a quiet Christmas. It's a way to do uh, something called a blue Christmas, but we want to do something a little different with it, just to kind of highlight the joy of Christmas, even talk about some of the hard times, the sad times of Christmas, but not wanting uh, to lead or leave people there. Um, but we're very much looking forward to it. Our retired associate, Father Ra Lord, who is incredible, uh, helped me put together this liturgy and he'll be leading it and preaching at it. So if you're in the Orlando area and want to see us on the 23rd, that's at 7. Um, for us at Emmanuel, we have Christmas services on the 24th, uh, the pageant service, which is incredibly cute and so wonderful. That's at 4. We have an 8 o'clock choral mass and then at 10 a choral mass with incense, which is my Christmas gift to myself. There you go. <laughs> uh, and my parish is, is sort of aware of that, and they think that's okay. Um, and then on the uh, on the day itself, we'll meet at 10 uh, for uh, a mass with hymns. So the next few days are pretty busy. This, as we record, this is Tuesday, what, the 17th? And so... Um, you are busy. I yeah. feel lazy now. I'm Why? Not, I'm not doing near that much. Oh, well, you know, you have to like put together a church <laughs> for, for your day. What are you going to be doing? Well, we'll have Advent or the fourth Sunday of Advent uh, here coming up on the 22nd uh, at 10 a.m. And then on the 24th, Christmas Eve, we'll actually be, because we can't be in the school on that day, we will be out at the French Cafe in Hamlin. Hamlin is the town center of Horizon West. It's uh, Hamlin, and then there's five other villages eventually that will uh, be built. And so we're going to be out on the terrace of this French cafe. It's going to be outdoor uh, sunset service, uh, which will be really neat. It'll be a traditional mass. We'll have incense, Lord willing, and uh, the Christmas story and the King Jimmy version. <laughs> and also um, recognizable Christmas carols. We'll have a reception afterwards. We've got gifts for the kids. Uh, we've got apple cider, all sorts of uh, wonderful French pastries. So we're bringing the English and the French together <laughs> like never before. <laughs> <Don't you want> <laughs> <that>? <laughs> well, and the, the, the cool thing is, is that you've really developed a re an amazing relationship with the owner of that cafe. And I don't really know how, except to give the Lord credit, but we just Absolutely. really have hit it off, and it's a great place to eat and hang out, and you'll get some incredible uh, French food if you frequent it. But he's uh, very open to what we're doing, and they're going to be great hosts coming up on yeah. the 24th. So that'll be a fun uh, service for people of all ages, and we'll get to do a lot of classic Christmas church stuff and afterwards yeah. have uh, some fun. Yeah. I'm excited for you guys. That, of course, is uh, All Souls' first Christmas. So, that's, yeah, uh, that's really exciting. So then we'll we'll both be really tired. Yes. And so we might want to just veg out and watch some Christmas movies. Uh, probably not, but it's definitely an option and a good segue. Yeah, let's talk about this. Okay. What's your general feeling on Christmas movies? I'm going to yeah. out you a little bit here. Yeah, he's going to out me. So it turns out that as much as I love Christmas, and I love Christmas, I, I'm, 
I'm that weird Christian that, that, that thinks that Christmas is more fun than Easter. I'm sorry, guys. Um, but I, I love it. I love being in church on Christmas. It's my favorite day to be in church. And I would, strange as it sounds, I, I, I don't really want to leave church on Christmas. I know that's kind of weird, but I love it. But, it shouldn't be weird. But Christ mass. Yeah, yeah you would think yeah. being in church would be. Into that. Yeah. But, um, and because, you know, I'm, I'm so excited about the incarnation, right? But like the cultural stuff, and it's not really out of any kind of like really strong theological stance. I just like don't really like it. That's so surprising to me. <laughs> Why? Just because the Christmas movie in particular just seems to be right up your alley. <laughs> so many great things about it. And I think we grew up. And like the zenith of I think Christian you're probably movies, right about that. The 80s and 90s produced... Christmas movies, not Christian movies. That that. Well, the 80s and 90s. This is we're gonna get way off topic. Yeah. I think just produced the greatest movies. Period. I think that's right. And um, Ghostbusters is my is probably the perfect the most some of the worst movie. dress we've seen, particularly in the 80s. But we keep coming back to it. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, and then the '90s, the the Jinko jeans. Remember, just we've gone the we used, now we have skinny jeans. It's yeah. really tight around the ankle, but basically, I mean, the bigger the stovepipe pants, the better. I remember. I, I don't see that coming back, but you never know. I had some Jinko khaki oh, I pants, had some too. and I was like the preppiest kid in the world. So looking back, it's kind of ridiculous. Uh, most of the times, I fell off my skateboard is because I got caught in my pants. Yeah, there you go. Well, we're talking about Christmas movies now. So um, what we're gonna do is. I'm going to say a Christmas movie, and Father's got a, his, a list of his own, and we're going to react to them with yeah or meh. So yeah, yeah or meh Christmas yeah. movies edition. Or meh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I, I, we'll try to make it rhyme as much yeah. as we can. Because it's Christmas time, and things rhyme. That they was, do. That just rhymed. That was fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'm going to start. Is that okay? Sure. We're going to go back and forth. We're going to alternate. Yeah, let's go We don't do forth. show prep. This is the show prep. You get to listen to it. Yep. I'm just kidding. We do some show prep. Not much. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So mine is is a real paragon, I think, of Christmas movies. Number one is Elf. Yeah. I mean, Elf is incredible. Yeah. I watch it every year. I think it's, I mean. I think it's a brilliant movie, too. I love it, I, too. So. It's one of the recent Christmas movies that, I mean, it's a classic now. Elf like, is the, like it's it's there with these other movies we're about to mention. I think Elf is so entertaining that I find myself wanting to watch it outside of the season because I, I think it's so funny. And just his interaction with New Yorkers yeah. is just so spot on. And they're, they're the actors. You know when he goes in that coffee shop, world's best cup of coffee. I was just thinking about that. I love that part. That's exactly the reaction you would get. Yeah, it's just like, what planet are you from? I mean, it's 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 really great. It is a great movie, and a, a, a really strong uh, appearance by Peter Dinklage of Game of Thrones fan. So, yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. A Christmas story. Okay, so uh, he he did this on purpose. Uh, I will have to say, yeah, because I've never seen it. That's sad. You're watching it with me before the 12 days of Christmas are up. That's fine. And you have, I think, 12 opportunities because it runs 24 hours on TBS. <laughs> I think it takes about two hours with commercials to get through it. And that's like the movie in our family. Me and my brother, 
scream that at each other, watch it <laughs> constantly when we were growing up and then we're in college and all this kind of stuff. And let me explain myself just a little bit. And the house that it was filmed in, it actually was filmed in Ohio. Oh. And the house is now a museum. Oh, really? Where the guy that played the younger brother like lives there sometimes and gives tours it's really weird that's so weird (laughs) so great i've never been to it my brother went up there and visited my mom it's it's not far from my mom's house at all my mom lives outside of uh, akron well so the reason i haven't seen is because it's so deeply embedded in consciousness and quoted so much that it's one of those things like okay i've i've missed it but i haven't missed it but i i it since you've invited me i would love to watch it with you I think it's a perfect movie. I don't think there's a wow. scene. I don't think there's a scene that's wasted. Every scene is load bearing, and works in the story. It's hyperbole there, no, it's but good. it's very, very good. Okay, it's endured for a reason. All right. Okay. We're not even gonna get to anything spiritual by the. At we, this will, pace. we will. We will. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is my wife's favorite Christmas movie. And it's Love Actually. Well, I have to give your same response because I've never seen that. Oh, okay. So I, I have no idea. I, I don't know. I, it's a, I'm it's, thinking meh. I usually don't. Is it like a rom-com? It's like a rom-com. It's cute. It's, you know, it's a, it's if you haven't seen it yet, maybe don't go run see it. I'm probably going to get lots of emails about that. But, um, you know. It's from the late 90s. It doesn't, none of everything holds up super well. It has this really funny thing about nativity plays. So okay. I'll have to check it out. It's cute. Watch it with. It did YouTube. show up. I, I Googled popular Christmas movies and that was in the, you know, in, in the scroll. Yeah. So it was there. It's fine. All right. It's a wonderful life. It's, it, yeah. I mean, it's a legend. It's legendary. I mean, it's sort of like you gotta watch it. I don't. I don't really love it at the same time, but you know, like, yeah, you want to watch that. It makes me cry almost every time yeah. I watch it. I mean, it. It's. But you know, it was an abomination. I what? saw. I don't know if it was Netflix or Amazon Prime. They have it in color. I don't uh, want to watch it in color. All the nostalgia's gone. No. It, I yeah. Don't see it I, I don't. I. I want to meet a person who watches them in color what are you gonna do to him nothing good (laughs) (laughs) that's up there yeah for sure you really need to watch it on a streaming service or on a disc because with commercials you're gonna be sitting there for 17 hours i mean those old movies are are, they're paced so differently it's a different time so scenes just kind of go on and on yeah Editing was so hard back then. We're yeah, just right. like, we're not gonna edit it. We're just gonna put. <laughs> we're gonna tape all these shots together, and this is gonna be the movie. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. Throw you a little curveball here. All right. Netflix's A Christmas Princess. Haven't seen it. Me neither. Oh wait, maybe I have. What's what's the plot, dude? I don't know. Man. You really haven't seen haven't it. Seen Why it. is it on your list then? Because that was funny. Because <laughs> <laughs> like Netflix if, and a if, bunch of the other streaming shows. If it's the shows one, are... I think I I thought I saw one about like just it's like an American girl that meets some prince. I don't know. And man. they fall in love, and she gets to live like this modern day fairy tale. If it was that one, I'll say yeah. 
I'm in a house full of girls. Yeah. I- I'm embracing bad movies. Yeah, you should. <laughs> but like, it's funny to me that there's like this whole cottage industry. Cottage industries they make billions of dollars, but you know the streaming services are now like throwing tons of money at Christmas movies. They just turn them out like crazy. I think that's I think that's really funny. So a Christmas Princess is like I guess the paradigmatic version of that. So I never all right, that. I'll have to I'll have to check it out. Nah, just watch Great British Bake Off instead. Here you go. Okay, Home Alone. Oh. Yeah, I mean, dude, I love that movie. It, There's a great all, documentary on it right now. Oh, really? The, on Netflix, the movies that made us. Oh, okay, yeah, I saw that. Come and on, we watch a lot of Netflix. Sorry, and it's uh, it's it's <laughs> just really interesting, just how movies get made. And I didn't know the whole thing was filmed in a school in a gymnasium really? in Chicago. They all the indoor shots. They built this house inside of a so gym they made, in like, Chicago. The gym into a soundstage. Yeah, because um, why am I forgetting the director's name? Chris Columbus. Uh, there was another guy that was involved in it. Ivan um, Reitman. I can't remember. Anyways, they wanted to f- they wanted to shoot stuff in Chicago, and it, it changed ownership during filming. They huh. didn't know the movie was going to get made. But anyways, sorry. What do you love about well, the movie? My favorite Besides, thing about it uh, is the yes. whole one. It's awesome. And but like. Anything that happens to those wet bandits, it's wet bandits, right? Yeah. It's been a little bit since I've seen the movie. Would literally kill a man. Uh, or, or at least, like, maim them horribly beyond recognition. Yeah. And yet, like, they become these sort of, like, super heroically powered, like, bandits that survive the most intense situations. And also, they put together by this young boy, showing, I think, the... Uh, what do you want to say? The deadly genius inherent in young children. So yeah, I love that movie. Yeah, it's. I, I wish I could have seen it in some ways, seen it as an adult because I now appreciate it. I now appreciate how incredibly ridiculous yet also great it is that Joe Pesci yeah, yeah. coming off <laughs> yeah. like Goodfellas. Yeah, like right. I mean, one of the scariest. Like mob movie actor, I think the scariest mob movie actor period is like in this family movie. Like it, it's just, yeah, but it's just really, really funny. I think early '90s Pesci was like doing this whole like comedy thing, right? Yeah, I guess when did he do the Lethal Weapon? Was that that was, was Lethal, later? That was I mean, after. Yeah, that was after. But there was like my cousin. But Vinny. it's still fun. It's still to me just really funny. It's really funny. The rest of them are garbage, but I like that first one. Yeah, like Home Alone two. Like dude, like. Maybe call DCF on this family because can't, <laughs> can't do that twice. It doesn't happen twice. Yeah, and they're like the sticky bandits, yeah. right? And oh, I don't remember. I haven't I, seen that. Yeah. Lost in New York. That's what that one. Yeah, yeah I haven't. I've seen it maybe twice my whole life, and it's been over a decade. I think I so, saw it when it came out when I was a kid. Yeah, I don't remember it that well. Yeah. So. Okay. What about this? The Grinch, but. With Jim Carrey. Meh. Meh. I, I don't like really I don't like the Grinch story really that much. No? I don't and I especially just don't like <laughs> you, you know what it you know, and he did the Grinch, uh it's kind of this it's cartoonish, but it's still live action. Right. It reminded me of the mask that he oh, did. Yeah, yeah, and totally. I really hated that movie. You hated the mask? I did not like the mask. Really? And so it's like, oh, it's just Jim Carrey doing a Christmas version of the mask. That's like <laughs> 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 He's yeah. just in green now. 
green in the mask. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he's, yeah. So it's lazy. He didn't even get out of makeup. You know, he just stayed in it for years and then <laughs> sat in his home. Um, anyways, I, I just, I, I get it. He's great. Um, I just, it's. I would never watch it on my own. My daughters love it. Do they? Well, do they like the old um, animation? Who's the, who, there's a, the animation style. Who, what was that guy's name? Who did it? Uh, back in the day? I don't think they've seen that one. There's like no. a newer animated one that they've seen. Oh, the newer animated one. What was what that like? Is it like CG? Yeah, it's just, yeah. It's like, like your typical cartoon now. I don't like that. All right, you ready? Yeah. The Santa Claus with Tim Allen. This might be nostalgia goggles, but big yeah. When I saw that Same. when I was a kid, I loved that movie. Because I think if you grew up in the 80s and 90s, like Tim Allen is literally the funniest human being. Like him, Robin Williams, and like Larry Yankovich or something. Like you, Tim Allen was so funny. And that was like one of his first like movies, right? Yeah, he's like the coolest dad ever. Yeah. He's like the hilarious dad. But he's also terrible at being a dad. <laughs> like, like in the, like in every in the movie, movie, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the sequels, because I've watched them recently, because my, my daughter... There uh, are sequels? There's Santa Claus 2 and 3. The third one is uh, Jack Frost with Martin Short. It's 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 horrific. The sequels I are... I didn't know there were sequels. The sequels are so bad, but I watch them because my eldest daughter is really into it. She doesn't call it the Santa Claus. She's like, let's watch Dad turn into Santa Claus. <laughs> That's awesome. But, I love that. But the, the, the first one is really funny and just a good christmas movie so i've i've seen that movie a lot the last two years because it's on because of windsor yeah that's great and it's on disney plus they own the rights to it so now now we're watching it constantly i love that it's great okay here's my last one we're four hours in it's fine no it's good people you know audience you guys you're ready to relax with us talk christmas movies and then get drilled down deep into the solemnity of advent that's what you're here for we're trying to do a longer lesser feast like like a medium feast (laughs) (laughs) are we (laughs) all right here's my final maybe it's serendipitous because maybe someone's gonna listen to this while they're preparing christmas dinner while they're making christmas cookies and that takes longer than 25 minutes so it's good that we're gonna go a little bit longer today we're doing it for the people. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm just super well prepared. Thanks, Mom. Yep. Uh, so my final movie, and this one's very dear to my heart. This is Die Hard. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, of course. And it is funny. I mean, Die Hard is... Which brings us back to Dr. Borsma, because, you know, oh, yeah. we had a lot of fun with that. Yeah, please listen to that. What is that, episode six? Yes. Yeah, Hans Gruber. Great villain. Yeah. And if you Google popular Christmas movies, Die Hard will show up in the top 10 without fail. Which is strange because this is kind of a recent phenomenon. Like, um, you know, and I'm happy for it because there's... there's It's so good. There's people like me who are not so interested in, like I said, culturally Christmassy stuff. But I love Die Hard. I love the second one. I love the third one. I like the fourth one. I haven't watched the fifth one because Becca said it's garbage. And I trust Becca. Yeah, I didn't like the fourth or fifth one. I really like the third one. Yeah. And I've actually used uh, <laughs> riddles from the third one. Remember they have to solve all those riddles yeah. in New York? 
uh, in youth scavenger hunts, and they're incredible. They are incredible. They are incredible. And there's so like the first one has the one with the gallon jugs and the scale and all that. It's so great. So good. Yeah. John McClane is an impossible human being. Maybe cut from the same cloth as the Wet Bandits in their in his ability to endure hardship, pain, bullets, uh, walking across glass with bare feet, that kind of thing. Basically, the entire time he's in the, the towers, he's bare feet, right? Yeah, he has a blues in his shoes. It's incredible. It's a great movie. It's rated R, so not necessarily family friendly. In fact, not family friendly <laughs> at yeah, all. Don't watch it with your kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but one of the I mean, we're talking about eight the eighties being this kind of like halcyon days of, of of movie making. Die Hard is definitely in there. And I think it. I mean, it has some stuff. It, it's inevitably dated in some ways, but it 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 holds up. There's certain oh, movies sure. from that era. Like okay, I'm sorry, I loved it growing up. Watch Cliffhanger with Sylvester Stallone. It, it's virtually unwatchable oh, it's very now. Hard to watch. Yeah, we started watching it. And we're like, we can't do this. But like, Die, Die Hard is still a lot of fun. Yeah. I I, I don't think it's taking itself too seriously. No, no, no. Like with the one-liners are meant to be funny. Yeah. Because you need some comic relief. Because it's like otherwise it's just a really dark like terrorist. Movie. Yeah, it's kind of like a dark <laughs> setup, right? Because it's just like German terrorists taking over this brand new office building which is like you know like if it, there weren't some comic relief it would be like kind of scary yeah and left to another director another writer that would be like you know a horror movie or like you know some kind of really intense social uh, social commentary but you know Die Hard plays it kind of up for laps and um, Hans Gruber God rest his soul God rest his soul uh, whose name again I forgot for the second episode Oh, I've forgotten his name. Uh, played Snape. That's sad. Uh, Great British character actor. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Well, well, look it up while I'm talking. Yeah. What I, I have my last one. Yeah. A Christmas Carol with George C. Scott. Because there's so many A Christmas Carols now that you have right. to... So, I would say, yeah, but I've never seen that one. It's very good. How old is that one? I think that's early 80s okay so george c scott was was elderly at that point then i also love scrooged with bill murray oh, yeah scrooge oh my gosh i haven't seen that in such a long time it's to me so funny when i was a kid it's uh, also terrifying well they're all terrifying they're supposed to be yes i mean dickens is like making you making mankind you was our business <laughs> When my parents put on the Disney version with Scrooge McDuck, and that that was the one, and that scared the crap out of me when I was a kid. Can I it say is, crap on this podcast? It is scary. We got to put the explicit tag on it now. Okay. It is, and on so many levels. Yeah, it's oh, visual chains. I can still, I can still visually frightening as a kid with the ghost, but then also it's like. Don't, don't waste your life yeah. by being a horrible human being. Yeah. Oh, and the little yeah. tiny mouse. Oh, anyway. All right. Well, thank you for joining us as we spend 20,000 minutes on yeah. Christmas movies because Tis some the honorable season. mentions. I got to oh, do sure, this. Sure, Sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, a Christmas vacation with oh, Chevy of Chase. Yeah. I actually like uh, the 
Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas and then Twice Upon a Christmas. It's short Christmas stories done by Disney. Done very by good, me. very family friendly. Okay. Uh, chick flick The Holiday that was with Jude Law and Kate Winslet. <laughs> he was trying to Cameron Diaz to and earlier. Jack Black. My wife loves it, and I hate on it when she wants me to watch it with her. But you secretly love it. But you know. It's partly said in England, so then being an Anglophile, I just end up kind of just liking it sure. for that reason uh, alone. I think recently Jack Black was reminded that he was in it, <laughs> <laughs> like at a on a red carpet or something for the second Jumanji movie. They were like, "What's your favorite Christmas movie?" He's like, "I don't really have one, dude. You were in the Holiday," and he's like, "Oh yeah." <laughs> <laughs> It's within the realm of possibility that he forgot. <laughs> it's pretty busy around the early 2000s. So. Sure. All right. Okay, well, um, here we are. We've spent so much of your time, dear listener, talking about Christmas movies and what we're up to in Christmas. But of course, we And didn't... if you're watching them, shame on you because it's still Advent. <laughs> oh my gosh, you went there. I can't believe it. Uh, but... So thank you for inter- uh, for for uh, for listening to us as always and uh, and enduring us as as always. But um, looking forward to uh, the the final week of Advent and into Christmas. Um, Father, will you pray for us? The Lord be with you and with thy spirit. Let us pray. We beseech the Almighty God to purify our consciences by thy daily visitation, that when thy Son. Our Lord cometh, he may find in us a mansion prepared for himself through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Well, of course we mentioned Christmas, but on the 21st of December, uh, which is this coming Saturday as we record this, uh, we do have a major feast. The church remembers St. Thomas the Apostle, who was a disciple, apostle, and martyr. He's often given a bad rap as the doubter, right? In the modern Western church, for sure. Yeah. Uh, in the Eastern church, when they keep his day, they'll refer to him as Believing Thomas. Right. Which which I think is preferable for lots of reasons we won't maybe get into today. Maybe another time. Uh, but, of course, he is the one who calls Jesus Lord upon seeing him when he is in the house with him. Yes. You know, which is amazing. I love that passage. Uh, he's traditionally considered the founder of an ancient church in the Kerala district of India. And often depicted with a spear after the manner of his martyrdom, according to the tradition. So, uh, St. Thomas the Apostle on the 21st. Of course, we're looking forward to uh, Christmas Eve on the 24th of of December, Christmas Day on the 25th. And then um, looking forward to several days of martyrs after that, the Holy Innocents, St. John the Apostle, etc., uh, which might be a, a good reason to meet uh, for another podcast episode, just to talk about that a little bit. But we'll see, because it's a busy time. Round out the year. That's right. Okay, uh, well, our work today is really built around, the, I guess, what we want to call now a major feast, because this episode is going to keep going. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Preaching the fourth Sunday of Advent, and maybe even a little bit of, of Christmas, but... Um, as the fourth Sunday of Advent is uh, is rapidly approaching, I love the Advent collects. Purify our conscience, Almighty God, by your daily visitation, 
that your son Jesus Christ that is coming may find in us a mansion prepared for himself who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. Amen. It's the bright two version. I have this collect in my head almost every day, especially that daily visitation. Mm-hmm. I, for some reason, that turn of phrase stays with me. Mm-hmm. Um find us a mansion prepared for himself. And maybe it's because of that story of, 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 of Thomas, wherein, you know, Jesus enters into the domicile that they are mm-hmm. sort of cowering in. And he visits upon them, his grace, his love, his mercy in his perfect body. Um, and I find that that is something that I want and need. And I love the petition purify our conscience mm. by by his by himself you know anyway all of the colics for advent are so wonderful uh, but that one especially sticks with me yeah that's really good all right the, the readings that we have for the fourth sunday of advent in the revised common lectionary uh, year a which we are in uh, the readings are isaiah chapter 7 verses 10 through 16 Romans chapter 1, verses 1 through 7, Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25, and then the psalm is Psalm 80, verses 1 through 7, and then 16 through 18. Mm -hmm. What you got, man? Then Isaiah said, Hear them, O house of David. Is it too too little for you to weary mortals? that you weary my God also. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Look, the young woman is with child and shall bear a son and shall name him Emmanuel. Now I serve a parish called Emmanuel, uh, or Emmanuel, depending on how you spell it. But um, the, the, the promise of Isaiah here in Isaiah 10 is the promise of the incarnation. If, that's, if we're going to take that word Emmanuel seriously, God with us. Um, yeah, we prefer we prefer the the older versions of the of the text wherein a young woman is is translated as virgin, um, but we we see that and we know that God is active in history, and the word to Isaiah that something incredible is going to happen. In fact, all of the lessons this past Advent from Isaiah have really spoke uh, spoke very uh, wonderfully about what is going to happen with Messiah's reign. And now I think here at the, the culmination of Advent, or really the maybe perhaps the climax is a better word of saying it, um, that not only is Messiah going to be this awesome dude who's going to like sort of recenter um, uh, creation around himself, bring this kind of amazing peace, this amazing joy, um, but it will be God himself with us is the promise. At least that's the way I read it, but. What do you think, Father Matt? The the mystery of uh, the virgin birth of our Lord, and uh, how central it is because it it's safe. It is a this miraculous sign that the the virgin did conceive. Mm-hmm. The Blessed Virgin Mary did conceive, and, and she bore uh, a son, mm-hmm. uh, the Son of God. Uh, that this miracle is like the most incredible and powerful witness to the mystery of the incarnation. Mm. It's a, it's a, it's a miracle that safeguards uh, the incarnation. And uh, 
um, it, it it's it's something to be uh, celebrated and well, and not embarrassed about in the least. And it's you you kind of reference something that you're kind of implying something that the mystery of the incarnation itself. Well, that the incarnation is itself mysterious, right? I mean, for so many, so many of us were sort of willing, you know, in faith to say, oh yeah, God became a man, right? But if you just think on that a touch, right? That's a lot, right? That, that God would deign to descend from heaven to put on our flesh. Why would any, why would he do that? Right. And then the answer is, well, for us, right? Like, why does God do anything with humanity is for us. And, um, and so therefore the, the incarnation as a mystery, something to spend our lives reflecting on praying through and yes, perhaps even safeguarding, Mm -hmm. you know, like, you know, when I joked before how much I love Christmas, this is why, Mm -hmm. right that the, the, the mystery of the incarnation is, is so incredible that God would do that for and with us. Emmanuel, right? Yeah, as I'm thinking about uh, my sermon for this weekend, I think there's definitely an opportunity uh, to camp out, of course, in, in Matthew chapter 1, mm-hmm. and perhaps even hearken back to... Uh, you know, our reading is at verses 18 to 25, but even to go all the way back to the first verse and include, at least in the sermon, a, a reference to the genealogies, because that might seem like, you know, a snoozer, yeah. like you're going to put people to sleep. But I think in, in concert with Advent, it's a really important thing to mention, because the way that it starts off is the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Mm-hmm. So it's connecting them to these figures and you can go back even further than that of advent that we've been waiting for the savior you can go all the way back to the garden genesis 3 15 right uh you know the enmity between the yeah. seed of the woman and the serpent that that he will bruise the head of the serpent right that's the proto-evangelium that's yeah. the first gospel that we have in the scriptures chronologically sure. uh speaking uh, and then the promise to abraham that through your seed all the generations of uh, the earth will be blessed. And so there's this anticipation. And then, uh, of course, with David, that he's going to come through the line of David. And so this genealogy is not just, well, you know, you got to start a term paper somehow. Yeah. <laughs> it's not just the abstract. It's tying yeah. it. It's saying that the promises of God, which in Advent, what are we waiting for? We're waiting for the fulfillment of the promises of God. Yeah. We're crying, you know, Maranatha, come Lord Jesus, yeah. come. And, and so there's an opportunity to see um, that fulfillment, even referencing the genealogies. But then also, if you go back through them, you know, some unlikely characters in Jesus, you know, Jesus's ancestors. Yeah. According, according to the flesh. Um, well, I, I actually had a dear, a dear um, parishioner of mine. Uh, asked me after mass one Sunday, this is, you know, like for, for those of you who are training for ministry, get ready for this kind of question. Um, this is why seminary is so good for us. Right. But literally had someone say to me, father, um, a friend of mine at work says that now I'm a Christian. I don't have to read the old Testament. And I said, 
No, we read it this morning. And he says, well, why would I, like, I don't, I think I, I'm, I know that we need to, and I know that it's right to, but why? And this is why, right? Mm-hmm. The, the exactly what you're talking about. The uh, Matthew one, one through 17 is there. It's all, it's not coded language. It's language that's meant to draw the Christian believer person who's sitting in the pew in the church in the first second century back into the story of god as he worked through israel yes back to creation yes back to abraham the law mm-hmm. and, and and moses the lawgiver all these and david so that we know that this thing is tethered somewhere right that this as amazing as the incarnation mm-hmm. is it happened to and in a people in a place in history and in a time which for me and i think for the entire church means that it's historical and thus real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, two thoughts. W- one, like right off the, the the back of what you're saying, you know, something being ancient was very important mm-hmm. to like anyone up until very recently. We, yeah. we tend to think in the, the post-Enlightenment West that like newer is better. Right. Like the, this sort of myth of, of progress uh, and that, like, we're going to find truth in the future. Like, the ancients thought, they didn't think that everything that's ancient is therefore true, but anything that's true is grounded in the ancient. Right. Like, where has this been? And so, you know, they have to go back, and Jesus didn't just come out of nowhere. Right. It, it's grounded and goes back to the, the very beginnings of the world. That's the first thing. The comment about the, the Old Testament, <clears throat> and it's interesting, this past summer when I took a a class with Father John Bear, he would not allow us to call the Old Testament the Old Testament as class because he's like, it's not the Old Testament. It's the scriptures. It's mm. the word of God. And just driving home that that a historical reading of the scriptures is reading, um, first of all, receiving the proclamation of the gospels, but then reading the scriptures, what we would call the Old Testament, through the the person and work of Jesus Christ. And I would add to that, not that I can add anything to the, to father John bears work um, is that you really can't, when you're reading the new Testament, you're constantly reading the old Testament. There is barely a line that is not in continuity with the, that's not quoting it or referencing it or retelling a story from the Old Testament. I mean, it's all grounded in that, so you can't escape it. And it's all about Jesus. That's the road to Emmaus. It's how Moses and the prophets, it was all about the Lord. The lessons yeah. make your point for you, Father, yeah. because as we actually get into the lesson that's presented for us, and not the prologue to the lesson, but even here in Matthew uh, 1, 18 through 25, uh, the... the um, the writer Matthew says, all this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. The same lesson that we read from in Isaiah. Yeah. Well, speaking of this lesson, what happens, a father, what happens in it and how is it different from other, uh, other events in uh, Jesus's origins? Oh, well, um, Mary is engaged to Joseph mm-hmm. and you know, before they lived together, had had come together. Uh, she's with child from the Holy Spirit. So, con- as we say in the Creed, conceived by the Holy Ghost. Right. And Joseph, you know, he's he's a saint. Uh, he's 
as you mentioned while we we're preparing, most chaste spouse. The text here says he's he's a righteous man, so he's not gonna shame her. Mm-hmm. He's not gonna put a really mean post about Mary on Facebook <laughs> um, and call her all sorts of mean names. On Twitter, but but he he says you know I think I'm gonna I'm not gonna go through with this. Yeah, he he was gonna put her away uh, quietly because they were betrothed and that was. You know what we would call it's a little bit anachronistic, but legally binding. Like right. they they were they were definitely together. They weren't just like dating, right. speed dating, or something like that. And so, an angel of the Lord. Well, what's and what's the issue with her being with child and they're betrothed, right? The, <laughs> well, it's like who did you sleep with? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Joseph isn't like coming like coming to this decision to dismiss her quietly from nowhere. Right, sort of like, uh, and then the angel says, of course, sorry, Father. You know, it says, hey, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people uh, from their sins. Yeah, so it's a, it's uh, the the we sometimes we call it the Annunciation to Joseph, right? This angel who's unnamed comes to talk to Joseph in a dream. Now, um, where, how is that different from like, well, maybe Luke, which is maybe, maybe perhaps a little bit better known. It's just one of the things, one of those fun things about like having different gospels is like, well, Luke mentions all this stuff, but he actually Mm -hmm. doesn't talk a lot about Joseph. No. You know? And the scriptures don't talk about Joseph really much at all. Not really. No. What was that word you used to talk about, like how, how the East talks about him? Yeah, in the Eastern Church, they talk about Joseph as the protector. Oh, right. Yeah. Because he was the one who was to watch over uh, and protect this consecrated virgin, the the Theotokos, right. the Mother of God, the Blessed Virgin Mary, and uh, he was at least tradition implies that he was much older Mm -hmm. and you know my my wife was asking about this well why don't we hear about joseph during jesus's ministry or see him at the cross and it's probably because he was dead yeah um, he was older and he had passed away and so he wasn't at the cross he wasn't showing up at jesus's ministry trying to talk to him because he wasn't around right yeah that's i uh, that's one of the reasons why a lot of christian art throughout the ages it shows joseph as being a much more aged man also because it's a way for the artist to render wisdom mm-hmm. joseph is understood as a wise a wise and holy man well you know romans better than i do father so what do you make of this uh this wonderful piece from romans one i mean this is just a great introduction to uh the letter and of course he, he's showing, like we were talking about, this this continuity. He says, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. So right. that so would connect to yeah. Isaiah, among others. This yeah. is not out of the blue. This is uh, the virgin shall conceive, and this is the one whom she shall conceive. Why he, would Father Bear call it the scripture? Call the Old Testament the scriptures? Well, because that's what Paul calls it, right? Yeah, and that's a label that that we have given to. Uh, this, they don't bear that label themselves. They're right. like, oh, we're out, we're old now. Yeah, and, and I, it's particularly unhelpful 
now because when we think about old, we think of you know, out, outdated yeah. and, and useless, right? Right, irrelevant. Um, which you know that's our problem. Yeah, and talking about who was descended from David according to the flesh. You know, both through Joseph, who yeah. was his uh, father, not biologically, but took him in, and and it is significant in Matthew chapter one and. In Israel, that he would have named him, the angel gives him the fatherly charge of naming him uh, uh, Jesus. So, uh, descended from David according to the flesh through Joseph, but then also through Mary, they would have been broadly. Uh, she would have been descended from Abraham mm-hmm. and and David as well. And then, of, of course, uh, not to be all over how great the East is, but they <laughs> they call Christmas uh, the Nativity of our Lord according to the flesh. I believe so. They're they're they're, they're acknowledging they're not being Nestorian, right. but they're saying that Christ didn't have his <laughs> ultimate beginning at the nativity. Sure. Uh, that, you know, um, he was born of the Virgin Mary, but he, he's I am that I am and has, has always been. If there's one thing that this podcast stands against, it's Nestorianism and Arianism. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> that is not a part of the faith delivered once for all to the saints. Yeah. Um, and so he, he's just setting it up beautifully, uh, and he's grounding. And what he does throughout Romans is he's grounding the person and work of Jesus Christ in the story of Israel. So on the one hand, he's saying, Jesus of Nazareth is your king. He is the king of the Jews. He is the long-awaited Messiah. He is the one. But on the other hand, he's saying, but he's also the Lord of the world because yeah. Paul's Paul's the apostle to the Gentiles, yeah. and he shows through the scriptures, you know, which we call the Old Testament, that it has always been God's plan yeah. to include the Gentiles, which we see even in the genealogy of Jesus. Because if you read the beginning of Matthew chapter one, right, you have Ruth who was a Moabite, yeah, yeah. who marries in to the family, the ancestry of Jesus. And I love, I mean, Paul is not necessarily known for using an economy of words, but there is the uh, 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 the simplicity in this very basic proclamation, right? Uh, With power according to the spirit of holiness by resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord, through whom we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith among all the Gentiles for the sake of his name, yeah, including yourselves who are, who are called to belong to Jesus. Yep. So we're talking about the ministry of reconciliation some weeks ago. We're talking about the opening of reconciliation to the Gentiles. And therefore, since reconciliation, since repentance really do imply and include obedience, the obedience of faith, which belong now uh, to the Gentiles in Christ. Hmm. And you understand like why Paul ends up like being in house arrest, uh, <laughs> yeah, in Rome because it might not read this way to us, but it, you know if you spend any time reading NT Wright stuff, you'll just see the the counter imperial language that like Jesus was declared to be the Son of God, yeah, according you know to the Spirit of Holiness, you know by resurrection that is you know Spirit of God. Uh, raised him from the dead. He's shown to be the true son of God, not Caesar, that Jesus Christ is Lord. I mean, that that's a declaration of kingship and Caesarship, uh, which we're seeing in his letter to the Romans. So there, there is a subversive yeah. thing going yeah. on there for sure. Yeah. Um, Just why there's so many martyrs. 
it's like in the book of Acts, they're like, they're saying that there's another king, Jesus. Yeah. Well, you know, this is this is way uh, not. Oh, well, it's germane to, to what we're talking about. But we're going to hit a record today. We're going to we're going to hit seven hours. Oh, like I said, major feast. <laughs> um, it's Christmas, sort of. Uh, Christmas time. Is so here. the idea that Acts as a piece ends with Paul just doing church in Rome, right? So like, this is something that I, I want to be in conversation with, with one of our colleagues who's a New Testament scholar, but uh, Dean Kidd over at the cathedral. But, um, you know, oftentimes people talk about the end of Acts as being kind of anticlimactic. But in essence, what I see is happening, and I, I, I think I'm right, is that Luke is being a master storyteller here. It just shows that what is truly subversive is not Paul running up to do to Caesar what he had been doing with all of these other lesser Roman governors, but in fact, the more subversive thing for Paul to do and the thing that shows the power of the gospel and Jesus's lordship is the proclamation and the prayers. That's how Caesar is brought low and how our Lord is raised up is by the basic work of Paul being an apostle and doing church. You should write something on this. What do you mean? Because I think it would be interesting because it's really easy to read Acts as, you know, Luke Luke writes it. Yeah. And his benefactor is Theophilus. Yeah. It's easy to say, well, he got canceled. The studio (laughs) studio canceled it. Never never finished the story. (laughs) And it just kind of drops off. Finishes off before the lightsaber duel, right? Yeah. You know, or maybe he's he's riding chapter twenty nine on a chariot and falls off, breaks (laughs) his neck or something, you know. And Luke has been so good so far. Like why would he And you're and you're saying it's like this great uh this great rhetorical I think it is. Device. I don't. I don't think that. I don't think that Luke is, is. I find that very interesting. I don't think that Luke is making a mistake in saying that. Yeah, the most profound thing that's happening in Rome, is Paul preaching the gospel to Rome, and worshiping Jesus Christ, right? Like, it, which I, I think is what he's trying to say here, right? Here in Romans. That, if if what you say is is true, and I think you're right, that Paul is saying. Um, you know, that Paul is saying that who was descended from David, the king, according to the flesh, and was declared to be the son of God with power, right? If Paul is saying that in Rome, then yes, you're right. Like Rome has to react. Um, like mm. they have to. But the church reacts not by doing what Rome would do, but by doing what the church does. And that's by continuing to proclaim the gospel and continuing to pray, which is like what, what I think. What I think well, all that to say is like, what do we always do? What should we always be doing? Right, is proclaiming the gospel and praying. Anyway, yeah, there's a lot that you could. There's a lot that you could uh, do here for Advent four. <clears throat> leading into Christmas Eve, whether it's with the gospel or um, indeed, yeah. But, but I think it really is a nice wrap to Advent, even if you don't go further back in Matthew chapter one. Sure. Just Isaiah seven, 
the promise and then Matthew chapter one, the fulfillment. Right. Um, gives us, gives us hope. Like, like the word of God does not return void. Right. And, uh, perhaps as we conclude this, this portion, um, worthwhile to regard the, this little antiphon that, that the, um, the psalmist has put into the psalm today where uh, we keep reading, restore us, O God of hosts, show the light of your countenance and we shall be saved. And that that, that is something that maybe ought to be part of our, our daily life and prayer as we proclaim, as we pray, uh, as we wait upon uh, Emmanuel who has come and as we wait again for his second coming. Yeah. And you actually just took it full circle back to the collect of, Show us the light of your countenance, and we shall be saved. Because salvation is seeing God, and in the daily visitation, we see Him through a glass darkly. But as we encounter the living Christ in His Word, in prayer, in the community of the church, at the altar, of course, that prepares us for that day when we shall see Him face to face, when He shall come again to judge the living and the dead. So on that note... Yeah, preach that. There we are. Very good. Well, we will uh, be taking uh, probably a little bit of a break. Um, Not a long break, but you probably won't hear from us before Christmas. No. You certainly will after Christmas, but that means that if you're listening to this and you've gotten this far, uh, happy Advent, a blessed Advent to you, and of course, a Merry Christmas. Uh, we pray that your 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 masses are filled with the faithful and that your hearts are filled with the love of Jesus Christ who was born that day uh, and that um, you find peace and joy with your families, with your friends, with your church family uh, and that indeed your lives would be touched by the gospel of Christ uh, and man, enjoy your Christmas. Have a good one. Father, will you lead us in uh, our, our devotion? Which... We'll preface this by saying you should listen to the rest of this because, and it's going to take a little bit, but um, we will be reading the prologue of John, uh, which is uh, the best part. So thank you, Father. O gracious light, pure pure brightness of the ever-living Father in heaven, heaven. O O Jesus Christ, Christ, holy and blessed. blessed. Now as we come to the setting of the sun, and our eyes behold the vesper light, we sing your praises, O God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You are worthy at all times to be praised by happy voices, O Son of God, O giver of life, and to be glorified through all the worlds. A reading from the Gospel according to John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light, so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. The true light which enlightens everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. 
He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. At this time, we will offer prayers for ourselves and for others. Precious Jesus, we give you thanks for this opportunity to be together to record uh, a podcast. We pray that you would bless all those who listen to it, um, that they would know uh, and uh, experience your love this day. We pray for Father Matt and All Souls Church his wife, Casey, and his daughters, Windsor and Pippa. Almighty God, we lift up everyone uh, listening to this podcast, Lord, that you would bless them, Lord, that they would encounter you daily, Lord, that they would come to know uh, the light of your countenance. Uh, We lift up Emmanuel Episcopal Church and all of their services coming up. We lift up Father David and his wife, Becca, Lord, and we pray that you would just enliven the faithful, that we would worship you uh, with all of our might Lord, in a way that's a powerful witness to uh, the glory and the, the mystery of the incarnation of Jesus Christ. And now we pray uh, in the words that he taught us, saying, Our Father, who art, who art in heaven, heaven Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O God, who makest us glad with the yearly remembrance of the birth of thy only Son, Jesus Christ. Grant that as we joyfully receive him for our Redeemer, so we may with sure confidence behold him when he shall come to be our Judge, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Ghost, one God, world without end. Amen. Well, thanks for listening to uh, this probably final episode of the sacristy we as always we pray that you have been encouraged and blessed by our time the final episode ever no oh i thought you were just of 2019 oh, okay, okay. <laughs> sorry <laughs> yeah thanks for clarifying father but we'll be back we'll be back you're gonna say something i don't remember yeah you said <laughs> the final episode of the sacristy of of, two, of 2019 this would be the, a great way for you to quit, though. <laughs> Father Matt's been itching to go solo, folks. <laughs> no, not really. So we will see you in 2020, unless we get some time that we can't foresee. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe the first week of January, we'll get something out. Though. Sure. All right. Blessings. Bye. <laughs>